there is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hey, and welcome back to Net Zero Carbon. I'm Tyler Cole, your host, and this is the show of Freight Waves, where we deep dive on decarbonization with a special lens on freight fuels and energy. And if you've been paying attention for the last few months, we've had a lot of conversations around electrification, fleet electrification, charging infrastructure, and the policy mechanisms that's going to bring that about. Um, that's why I'm proud to bring on Alma Meckler Pacheco, Program Associate from the Electrification Coalition, onto the show today. Alma, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me today. This is going to be a fun one. You guys are doing a lot of unique stuff in this space, a lot of coalition building, obviously. And I'm excited to have our listeners kind of hear what's going on in the, the broader ecosystem. So why don't we start with a background on you, your role, and who is the Electrification Coalition? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I'm currently working at the Electrification Coalition, or the EC as we call it. Um, but prior to this, I was finishing up my undergrad, so I recently finished that and last year at UC Davis out in California. Um, but a little more about the Electrification Coalition. Um, it's a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that works to accelerate the adoption of electric vehicles in the U.S. So we're doing this both through advocacy, in which we support positive EV policies at the state and federal level, and then also through our implementation program. So we work with different stakeholders, such as cities, um, schools, private and public fleets, to support their deployment of electric vehicles and the supporting charging infrastructure. Um, you know, there are a lot of different benefits that can be achieved through electric transportation. But at the EC, we're really passionate about this because we want to reduce the nation's dependency on oil. Um, so you, the transportation sector accounts for a really large portion of the U.S.'s oil demand. And given that oil is a global commodity, that can pose significant economic and national security risks. So that's really our, our motivation for accelerating electric transportation in the U.S. And then I specifically work on one of our implementation programs at the EC, which is the Electric Freight Project. And so we do a variety of different um, initiatives within the Electric Freight Program. But we're primarily focused on just adopting and accelerating uh, medium and heavy duty electric vehicles that specifically move goods. So we're looking at commercial vehicle electrification. And so a lot of that is done through pilot project work where we partner with different fleets, but then also through this coalition building, as you're mentioning. Um, and so I'm excited to dive more into that and talk about some of those initiatives as well. Absolutely. I want to hear more about that work. I'm going to try to get the acronyms correctly because we got the East the at the umbrella, the EFC is the Electric Freight Consortium. Um, yeah. I'll try my best to keep those straight. Before we get there, though, take me a little bit more on on your background, because I know UC Davis is is a famous school for for freight decarbonization. There's a lot of thought leadership that comes out of that group and the academics there. Did, were you in that program? Did you always think you would fall into freight electrification, or how did that uh, kind of merge together? No, definitely. Yeah. So I studied environmental science and management in my undergrad, which was very broad and kind of hard to figure out what I was most interested in. But I did undergraduate research in an electric vehicles research center at UC Davis. So they do have a really big institute of transportational studies there. Um, and it just worked out that I started working more so on the light duty sector of electric vehicles. And so doing a lot of consumer awareness and engagement with the light duty sector. Um, and then with this position at the Electrification Coalition, I was really excited to work more on the heavy duty side of things just because they aren't as far along as the light duty sector. So 
it's been really interesting to be in a much more innovative and exciting space. Um, but it was definitely primarily my background was more so in the research side of things. Um, so it's been really exciting now to work more closely with implementing a lot of the information that you can get for research, but seeing then these pilot projects and actually implementing those findings. Yeah, it's early days for sure compared to light duty. You make a good point there. What about the EC can you tell us as far as its makeup? So is this a member-led organization? You said it's a nonprofit, nonpartisan. Is there state funding or how do you guys fund and think about the initiatives you guys run? Yeah, definitely. So it is primarily grant funded. Um, we have a couple different funders as well in terms of companies that are supporting um, the electric electrification coalition. Um, but then particularly with our electric freight program and the electric freight consortium. Sorry, yes, there's lots of acronyms today. Um, but that is all grant funded. So it's definitely members are able to join with no charge to be a part of it. Um, and so we're really grateful to have grants that fund our work in terms of electrification. And then in terms of membership, it really does span um, kind of across the entire freight industry. So we have, you know, EVSC providers, charging infrastructure providers, um, OEM, so vehicle um, manufacturers as well. And then, of course, shippers and carriers and fleets involved. Um, and so we do collaborate a lot with the private sector in this consortium and a lot of that would I say is a little more specific to the electric freight program because across the EC as a whole, we do partner with different stakeholders, like I was mentioning before. So cities and schools, um, all those different key stakeholders who are wanting to adopt electric vehicles. Really exciting and probably complementary to a lot of work going on in other places, whether it's clean cities or things like that. I want to pivot kind of intentionally into the freight piece and what you're working on and understand, you know, how did that consortium come about out of the EC more broadly? Um, maybe, I don't know if you could talk about who the members are, but if you can share a little bit about just the, the pilot and the launch of the EFC, um, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I guess at kind of a high level, the Electric Freight Consortium is really a forum for collaboration between the EC and then our private sector partners who really do span the entire freight industry. But um, this work and the idea for the consortium really grew out of the previous pilot project work that the EC was involved in. So in 2020, the EC launched the Freight and Goods Delivery Electrification Project, where we partnered with a few um, corporate fleets, so just working with different shippers on their pilot projects. And the EC was providing different technical and strategic support for these early pilot projects. And it was really through these conversations with our shippers and our corporate fleet partners that I realized there was a need for, you know, a greater forum for collaboration to address a lot of these common challenges that fleets were experiencing when they went to electrify their commercial vehicles. And so we worked really closely with our corporate fleet partners to strategize and conceptualize what this consortium could look like. And then it was in September 2022, so last September, that we officially launched the EFC um, and since then, it's grown to about 35 members. We have, um, it was really this January when we started doing more of the meetings and really getting the ball rolling on that initiative. So it's been really exciting to see it take shape, given that it did start just kind of in early days. And I, as an idea, we talked about with our fleet partners to just create a space for them to discuss a lot of their key challenges and then ultimately identify solutions that would help accelerate, you know, market growth in terms of commercial vehicle electrification. Nice. So when you say pilot project, is there actual you know infrastructure and EVs on the road delivering freight goods that are part of the efforts of this group? Or is the pilot project more specific to 
gather the consortia and pool resources for best practices, policy, advocacy, sharing it, common issues. Is it one or both of those? Yeah, definitely. So some of that initial pilot project work that we talked about in 2020 um, was definitely more so with strategizing. So helping companies identify best places for where they could even consider electrifying in terms of if they have a national footprint. So supporting them in finding their funding opportunities and just key areas that might be good locations to at least start considering electrification. And then now with this consortium, it's definitely more so aggregating those voices and bringing together folks who might be engaged in pilot projects that the EC is not directly involved in or supporting, um, but then they're involved in this consortium to share a lot of the work that they're doing in those pilot projects. Um, and so it's a little tricky, too, because some of them we aren't officially allowed to talk about publicly to the, some of the pilots and the companies they've worked in. But it was definitely in the initial days more so on the planning and preparing for electrification efforts, too. Got it. That makes sense. Is there, Can you say, are these geographically confined kind of to California markets or areas maybe where there are bigger incentives? Or are you guys seeing membership start to explore EV adoption in other geographies? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think right now when we're talking to our members, a majority of them who are doing pilot projects have focused in California or are just looking for areas that have those incentives to make it, um, it reduce those upfront purchase costs and make it easier for them to electrify. So definitely a majority of them have focused in on California. But I think that's a big part of the work that we're trying to do is also identifying opportunities that are going to be coming. So what other regions, as this continues to grow and the market continues to grow for commercial vehicle electrification, what other regions and states will be adopting these policies that create it, that make it more supportive for fleets to electrify. So I know it's primarily concentrated on the West and East Coast for right now, just in those states that do have more, whether it be um, purchase incentive programs that make it a little easier for folks. Um, But that's something that we all are hoping to track and continue to grow as well, because eventually you will want it to be across the whole U.S., but it definitely is following where those policies are in place right now. Makes sense and consistent with everything else we hear. You know, it's policy-led until we can get some scale. We definitely want to continue to see that, so we're grateful for the work you guys are doing. Can we maybe double-click into the work streams that you guys have as part of the either the broader EC or within the EFC? Um, it's not just about best practices and member meetings to air grievances and talk next steps, but you guys also do serious work on understanding policy, um, you know, applying for grant monies, um, not necessarily lobbying, that's probably not the right word, but advocating for policies, right? Can you talk about some of the other core areas of work? Yeah, definitely. So with the EFC, we've identified three different areas that we're really calling as our core areas for market advancement or progress. And so we've selected electric utility engagement, um, technology development, and then policy advocacy and development. And so it was really through our conversations with our members when they initially joined the consortium, uh, we did an initial kind of survey interview with them to better understand the work that they're doing, but then also understand what are the main challenges they're experiencing as they look to electrify. And so it was really in these three different categories that we experienced folks commonly talking about these and wanted to dive a little deeper into um, these discussions. So those three topics are the focus of our monthly working group meetings. And we have about an hour long meeting where we dive into key topics within, let's say, electric utilities engagement. And ultimately, the goal is to really hear from our members who have already experienced and are working on electrification projects, and then those who are still 
kind of are in the earlier phases of that and aggregate those voices and concerns to create different uh, educational materials, both for our consortium members, but then the broader great community as well. And then other external stakeholders as well. So electric utilities aren't directly involved in the consortium, but we are planning to create a briefing based on uh, feedback from our members to, you know, provide recommendations for utilities on how they can be more supportive of commercial vehicle electrification and what policies and programs do we recommend that they adopt. And similarly with policymakers, you know, they aren't directly involved, but we are hoping to then encouraged for more um, supportive policies at the state and federal level that then can move the needle in that regard to commercial vehicle electrification. Excellent. Thank you for the breakdown. What's the the biggest hurdle right now that members see, if you can share, uh, maybe this is, you know, leaking some some briefing information to come later in the year, but, uh, you know, commonly we hear the technology's not ready or it's too expensive. Um, but behind closed doors, I'm curious what members are thinking about how to either overcome those hurdles or work together to advocate for policies to, you know, go further faster. Can you share some of the kind of the leaked learnings from, from the members? No, definitely. Yeah. I think one thing that's been exciting more in these conversations that we've been talking about with our members um, is particularly in the policy development and advocacy space. So through that working group, we are working on developing different policy priorities that we identified as key areas that need to be accomplished to ultimately accelerate electric freight transportation. And so one of the policy priorities and a big challenge of, challenge that fleets are still talking about is that higher upfront purchase costs of electric vehicles and the charging infrastructure as well, which is continues to be a barrier for fleets who are wanting to electrify. Um, and so we've identified different policy strategies that then can be utilize to achieve and advance those priorities. So a simple example for this higher upfront purchase cost as well is to provide purchase incentives and different funding opportunities for fleets. And so, you know, right now there's been a lot of funding coming from the federal government that uh, is providing them different, creating different programs that states will be getting that funding through. So for example, you know, with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act and then the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, there's just so much funding available to states through these programs like the um, Carbon Reduction Program, the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund, and then the Clean Heavy Duty Vehicle Fund as well. And so those are providing funding to states. And we really want to then encourage the states to utilize that funding to create programs and even purchase incentives that would be available for commercial vehicles. And so that's something that we've been talking a lot with our members is how are these more creative ways can we encourage states and local governments to utilize all this federal funding? but not forget about medium and heavy duty vehicle electrification efforts. Um, and so there's actually already in Nevada, they have a state legislation that proposed creating an incentive program, utilizing those um, carbon reduction program funds from the federal government. And then this incentive program would be allowed for commercial vehicle um, and for fleets to apply to get purchase incentives through that. And so it's really exciting, I think, just to see that collaborative nature and these ideas that are coming out of these meetings. Members in the consortium really do span um, kind of whether they're more involved in governmental affairs or more involved in the fleet. So it's nice to have those different background and expertise because then we can brainstorm and understand new solutions and ideas for how to leverage all this funding, but make it more available for medium and heavy duty electric trucks. So I think that's a really exciting space that I've been um, inspired by the work that we have been able to do in our brainstorming already and hope to continue 
utilizing both the EC's expertise and experience and policy implementation to really advocate and encourage states to not forget about commercial vehicle electrification with all this federal funding. Really exciting. And hopefully there's some models that emerge from that that can be duplicated across jurisdictions, right? Once you see it starts working and provides opportunities. And in many cases, this is an opportunity for new business to come in, right? Shippers that are looking to decarbonize operations are sort of clamoring for people to bring them solutions. And if states want to take seriously their you know, manufacturing distribution outputs as part of their state revenue pie, this could be a pretty tempting cure in many cases. So that's, I'm, I'm really hopeful that there's something really good that comes out of that. I'm curious though, the other, you know, big hurdle in many ways is the charging infrastructure. And since utilities are not a piece of the consortia today, is there, you know, maybe a leap learning internally from interactions with utilities? You know, we hear all the time fleets saying, yeah, it's 24 months before I can get a charger. It's, you know, we've got to upgrade the substation. It's millions of dollars. We can't either jump in with both feet. We just want to try it. There's all of these pain points for for fleets. And I'm sure I'm echoing some of the sentiments of your members. Is there a solution on the horizon there that's starting to coalesce? Or is it just, you know, these are what the fleet needs. Let's find ways to bring that to the utilities so they can start to provide solutions. Is that kind of the role of EFC or is there something else there? Yeah, it definitely is a mix of that, I would say. So I think that's true. There are electric utilities are such a common pain point, and that is why we did select it as one of the areas we really wanted to focus in on. So there's an interesting dynamic of understanding those key challenges and how can utilities be and make recommendations for utilities on how they can be more supportive of commercial vehicle electrification. And so we do want to um, kind of discuss those dynamics for folks who have already engaged in pilot projects on how can those dynamics and experience be bettered and quickened as well so it's less of a barrier. But there's also really, you know, beneficial aspects that utilities are already providing. So some electric utilities have adopted fleet advisory services where they have programs that are specific um, to helping fleets electrify where they can assist with fleet planning and site assessments, um, prepare and plan for interconnection and capacity upgrades. So there are a lot of great um, programs that utilities are already engaging in. It really, I think, is dependent on that region again. So California has some good examples of different programs where utilities are directly working on commercial vehicle electrification. And so I think it's great that we have those examples of programs already in place where we can hear from folks who have already engaged in those fleet advisory services and understand how those programs could be made better as well to be even more supportive, but then also encourage utilities potentially who aren't as far along and, and in different states outside of California where this is still not something that I think they're actively working in. And that's what has been nice with this electric utility working group is we are hoping to bring in utilities as guest speakers from just really throughout the U.S. as well so they can hear more directly from the consortium and from these members who are involved in free electrification and better understand that landscape as well, because I think they do are interested in kind of forecasting and understanding what's coming down the line towards them. Um, and so ultimately through the consortium too, we do want to create briefings and recommendations for electric utilities who might not be as far along as those in California or who have already have these um, programs in place. And so we do think that will be a great way to learn from those who are already doing the work, but then encourage um, other utilities who might not be as far along. Yeah, another super important work and encouraging because, again, for utilities thinking about this, this is additional revenue coming in, new demand coming on 
So it's important for them to start to get on the train and figure out how to get ahead of it. And I'm sure with what you're doing and other, you know, NGOs and policymakers, they're trying to all solve the same problem, right? Help me get down ahead of this. And the chicken and egg is starting to be solved with policies like we're seeing in California. We'll see how that expands across the country. What are you guys thinking for next steps, next work? You've got your monthly member meetings. There's briefings that come out of that. You've got um, potentially membership expansion opportunities. Like, what do you guys view as the role of EFC going forward? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. So for the rest of this year, we are really focusing on those three areas. And we are continuing to recruit new shippers and carriers and fleets who are interested in getting more involved in electrification efforts. So that's always something that we're also continuing to grow. But in a- as you went there and ask about the expectations for members right there, oh, for those that are like if a shipper wants to get involved or a fleet wants to get involved, what should they expect the process to be? Yeah, it is a relatively streamlined process, I like to say. Um, we Since it is grant funded, we really just like to set up an initial meeting with you all to better understand the work you're doing in electrification. And then we'll add you to our meeting invitations and our email list as well. We have a newsletter for the Electric Bay Consortium as well that we send out to members. So really get you tapped into the different resources we can provide. And then we just enjoy having you all at our meetings and ask for you know engagement during those meetings is the main part of it. So relatively easy process to join, which is nice. Um, but yeah, so in addition to growing out our membership and everything, we are have a couple other areas within the electric freight program that we are continuing to expand as well that definitely overlaps with the work from the consortium. So we're starting a new project on shipper and carrier framework dynamics, basically. So this really dives into this area of work, such as for shippers or retailers who don't own their own fleet, but do want to work on electrification efforts to reduce their you know, greenhouse gas emissions and meet those sustainability goals, how can they engage with their carriers to encourage electrification or how do they go about really still getting electric vehicles in use in their fleet, even if they don't own them? So this will be a really interesting project that I think um, we'll really get after those questions about how do you still encourage um, electrification efforts when you don't own the vehicles. And we also have another program that's focusing in on independent owner operators and smaller fleets. So right now, a majority of those early pilot projects are with really large companies who do have that upfront capital to invest in electrification. But there um, are so many small, smaller fleets and independent owner operators that we don't want to leave behind in this transi- transition. Um, so this project is really exciting, too, because I'm interested to better understand, you know, what are the barriers for really smaller fleets and independent owner operators as they look to electrify and how can policies and federal funding be made available to them and still encourage adoption of electric vehicles or even new, you know, business models and business um, opportunities for them to electrify as well. And then lastly, the other exciting new thing that we're hoping to get into this year is more around ports. So we are looking to get a little more into drainage electrification efforts as well. So this is all more so within the broader um, electric freight program at the EC. But again, if any folks today are interested in getting more in touch with those projects, we are looking for you know shippers and carriers and smaller fleets and independent owner operators to collaborate with on those projects. So we'd love for you all to um, connect with us. We have our website at electrificationcoalition.org, or then you can go to the electric freight program um, specifically on there and find our contact information. And then, as always, feel free to find me on LinkedIn as well. Very active on there. So always happy to connect with folks who are looking to get more involved in this conversation. 
I love that. And we'll be sure to include links to both your LinkedIn profile and the EFC website in the show notes uh, so everybody can find it easily. Thank you for that perfect segue and plug. Um, this was really informational and I'm sure there's more we could dive into, but we are running close on time. So I ask every guest that comes on this show this question. And Alma, that is, when you wake up in the morning, why do you think it's important to do this work, to focus on freight electrification? That's a great question. Um, Yeah, I really do it because I am motivated to reduce human-caused climate change. And I really do believe that electric transportation is a great, viable, is a really viable solution for reducing the transportation sector's greenhouse gas emissions. And, you know, it's been really exciting to work in a space that is so innovative and there are still a lot of challenges and barriers to work on. So I am just really excited by the opportunity it poses, though, to reduce a lot of um, our greenhouse gas emissions and meet those climate reduction goals. And additionally, it's been really inspiring to work in a space with, um, especially such as the consortium, where we have a lot of stakeholders who are so invested and engaged in this work. And that also really motivates me each day, given all the work that they've been able to do and progress that they've been able to make. Um, it just is a very inspiring and exciting, very inspiring place to be right now. So I'm definitely looking forward to the future and hope to continue seeing this work grow. I love that answer. You're inspiring me. And I love how you started with kind of broader planetary concern themes, but brought it home because it really is about people too. And the people you're engaging with and the work through the EFC you know, means everything. So I, uh, I'm inspired by that and I appreciate that. I wish you guys nothing but the best and can't wait to see what the, the briefings come out, how quickly we can accelerate some of this zero emission freight to be on the road, actually drawing down immediately. <laughs> No, exactly. Yes. Very excited for it as well. Well, thank you so much for having me today. My pleasure, Alma. We'll talk later. Thank you. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions.